Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode number six. Today, we're going to be talking about getting client referrals from your peers in the wedding industry. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hey everyone, it's Mindy. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. I'm joined as always by Renee. Hello. Hello. Are you excited for this topic, Renee? I'm so excited. (laughs) We can't stop singing about it. Uh, We're going to be talking about referrals from other wedding vendors, which is a topic that we, both of us, I think are pretty passionate about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, if you aren't friends with your other wedding vendors that you work with, then who are you even? Who are you even? You'll be going out of business soon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you kind of have to uh, keep up. We talked about this in a prior episode, but um, you kind of have to treat your your fellow wedding vendors like coworkers. Absolutely. So this topic came up for us because Mindy and I were out to lunch one day and I sort of threw out this tidbit about my business, which is that 94% of my business last year came from referrals from other wedding vendors. Which is really impressive. (laughs) It's like 94% other wedding vendors, like, you know, 4% my past clients and like 1% Google. (laughs) Like, boom. That's probably not good math, but you know what I mean. It's by far, far and away, I am referred by other vendors. I mean, all the time, every every week. Every week I get an inquiry like that. And I kind of feel like that's that's kind of the dream because your most of your referrals aren't coming from like you said it's not google so it's not like you're spending money on google ads um it's not you're not trying to do like a the hardest clients to convert are those cold clients who are just maybe finding your website and don't know anything about you and they email you and then you have to really try to sell them on your business whereas a wedding vendor who someone already likes and trusts says oh you need a planner check out my friend renee you'll love her she would be a perfect fit for you I mean, it's it's almost like you're already in. Yeah, I mean, that is exactly how it feels. I actually have, um, when I receive an inquiry, I file them under leads, and then I have a subcategory that says warm lead or cold lead. Mm-hmm. So if it's a warm lead, if it's a lead that has come to me from someone who I actually know, then it goes into warm leads, and I actually follow up with them more than I would if it's a cold lead. So if it's a cold lead just coming to me from my website, they say they found me on Google or you know, one of the blogs that I advertise with, um, I'm less likely to follow up with them aggressively because I don't want to be like aggressive, you know, but if it's someone who has been referred by someone I know, I feel like it is 100% my duty to give them the best level of service I absolutely can. So people are busy. They don't always get back to you on the first time. I'll try several times um, if it doesn't go that very first email mm-hmm. um, to, com- to to get a, a conversation with them started because I want to be able to meet their needs. And especially if it's coming from a very trusted vendor referral, like one of my favorite caterers refers me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll do anything. I'll do anything for that vendor. So um, I love them. So and I'm so grateful that they send me so many clients. And so I 
generally go out of my way for those people a lot more. Yeah. But when we talked about this, Mindy was like, well, how does that happen? Like, how did yeah. you make it happen? How do you, because I'm, I'm very curious about this because, and I, I think most people either when they're starting out or there's, I, I don't know how this, how it came about, but there's a feeling out there that vendors need to directly advertise to potential clients. And that's the only way they're going to get business. And that's just yeah. not true. It's not true. I, I think what's happening is that millennials care far more about recommendations from people they already know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And so actual advertising, like heavy handed advertising feels like smarmy to them. Sure. Yeah. It feels inauthentic to them. Yeah. And so we all have to kind of get on board with this new way. If you're, especially if you've been in business for a while and you're used to that old school advertising, um, it's never going I don't think it's ever going to go back to that level again. Yeah, of, where of you, heavy advertising. Yeah, where you advertise in a magazine or you go to a bridal show or the yellow pages. Or I remember um, when I got married a few years back, my grandparents, uh, my <laughs> my grandfather, uh, bless his soul, was a hoarder. Um, <laughs> not like the gross TV kind, but he kept right. everything. <laughs> like he he kept everything they gave me some uh, postcards that when they got married in the 40s, people just sent out postcards. Like you registered, you went to the uh, courthouse, you filed your application to get married, your marriage, your mar for the marriage license. And then you were on a mailing list and they just got like postcard after postcard uh -huh. after postcard from vendors in the area. And that's how they found their vendors. You know, there's no yeah. internet, there's no... Um, you know, yeah. TV, you know, direct mail. Yes, direct wow. mail. And they gave me all these postcards, and it was really, really cool to look at. And kind of like is looking at an old relic. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at these postcards. There's so many of them. And my grandma was like, "Yeah, they just kept started rolling in." So obviously, that's not how it is anymore. We're not doing that. We're now. not doing that anymore. So thank God, I guess. For the trees the it was a lot maybe? it was a lot of paper a lot of paper a lot of paper a lot of paper so once you asked me like how do you manage that like yeah. how did you make that happen i actually when we left that lunch i was like how did i make that happen because <laughs> it just sort of organically happened but then when i look back it of course it didn't right of course it didn't so here's what i've been doing i'll share with you my methods and you can tell me uh if they're crazy no they're not crazy it, it's <laughs> they obviously it, it are working so basically I can, I can summarize it into five things that I do every, I do all the time. So the first one, no surprise to you, if you know me in real life is networking. Yes. Uh, this week I have been to four networking events in the past four days. Oh, that's a lot. I know it's exhausting. It sounds exhausting, but, um, but once you off. start networking, well, it, it absolutely pays off. I feel like networking can be the kind of networking events can be summed up into like two different avenues like and I'm talking about the networking events where you have to like put on a dress put on your heels get your hair done and go yeah it's two different ones one of one kind of event is the association event like an ABC event or WIPA or NACE mm -hmm. um, those events when you're going you're either a member or you're hoping to become a member and sometimes you're just going to see your friends yeah right to solidify those ongoing relationships that you already have with vendors yes Sometimes you're going to hear the speaker. Sometimes you're going to hear, to see the venue. There always has to be some kind of benefit in it for me is what I'm saying. 
I if, if it's a venue I don't I don't necessarily want to work at with a speaker I don't want to hear from and none of my industry friends are going, you better believe I'm not buying a ticket. Yeah. My time is valuable. But if it's if it's a venue I want to support, so the uh the other night, Wednesday night, there was a planner's appreciation uh dinner at a venue that I love. They I just did a styled sheet with them that's being published next week. It's a venue that I hope to work at this year. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have an inquiry for that venue currently. So I was happy to go and take those photos, share them with my with this uh, bride that I'm trying to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. So that was a natural fit, right? Last night, I went to a tasting at a, a venue that has a new chef. And so I wanted to go taste the chef's food and support the venue. It's a venue that I love. I went with a friend of mine who's also a planner. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah. Took photos of the venue. Like there's always, a, I guess my point is there's always a reason to go. Yeah. That has nothing to do with my own level of comfort. Yeah. Because if it was my level of comfort, you better believe I'd be on the couch in yoga pants, and that's, snuggling my dogs. This is, um, and this is something I wanted to touch on because personality-wise, you are an extrovert. Correct. And I am an introvert. Yes. And networking for me is very difficult. I have social anxiety. I get nervous when I talk to new people. I'm fine. It's weird because I'm fine chatting like this, knowing that people are going to listen to it. I'm fine getting up on stage and doing a presentation. But being myself and talking to people makes me very nervous. And when you said you went to four events in four days in a row, like I kind of died a little inside. (laughs) I would not I would not be able I feel like I would not be able to physically and mentally do that. Right. Well, listen, I agree with you. Do you have any tips for introverts who maybe want to uh, step up their networking game a little bit? Yeah, I would say um, I always go into a networking situation armed with things to talk about. Mm hmm. I know that sounds maybe contrived, but no, I think that's what you have to do sometimes. So when I like, and and usually I'm going to events where I know people, but there are sometimes I walk into a room and it's a cold room. I don't know anybody. And so I come with two pieces of of information. And when someone says, you know, how are you? What's new? Or have you been? Or what's going on for you? It's like, I generally have one piece of personal info that is so benign and cheerful that no one can have a problem with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And the second one is always something business related. So this week, the two things I talked about, and I talked about them at every, all four events, like, because it wasn't the same people and who cares, right? Mm-hmm. So the personal thing I talked about was my husband and I are so excited. We're going to Palm Springs next week, uh, next month, sorry, next month for vacation. Mm-hmm. Alternately, I have a birthday coming up in a few weeks. So I was like, oh, we're planning a little party for my birthday. And then on the business end, I said, oh, I have a, a styled shoot getting published next week that was inspired by the royal wedding. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So those are two – that has nothing really to do with my business. I mean, it does, but it's not It's not like me going, I booked three clients this week. Like, it's very conversational. It is specifically designed for things that other people can then talk about. Yes, and I think that's really important because a lot of people want to – talk about themselves and the things that you're sharing are about you. But when you mention Palm Springs and you mention the Royal wedding, pretty much everyone is going to have a reaction to that. Absolutely. And the thing about networking, and this is actually my point number two, but I want to go back for a, a minute and I'll answer this and I'll go back is that when you're networking, you do not want to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. You actually want to ask questions of all the other people you're meeting. Mm-hmm. When I'm networking, I'm the most curious kitten. Yeah. I want to I want to hear how you're doing. I want to know what's up. And honestly, like in this day and age, I just flat out tell people like, oh, I saw on your Instagram, you guys went to Mexico. How was that? 
I, I don't ever really ask people like, how's your beer going? Are you busy? Like that, that feels invasive and it feels like you're putting people on the spot. Yeah. And that isn't the point. The point is to get to know someone so that you can have do business with them, but to really know them. Um, I ran into a wedding planner the other night who recently joined another wedding planning firm. So she had her own business and then decided to join forces with this bigger firm. Now they made an announcement on their Instagram like the day before. Mm -hmm. And I just pay attention to these things, right? I have a, a, a brain that just keeps this information. So when I saw her, I said, oh, hi, how, you know, how is everything? I saw that you joined blah, blah, blah events. How's that going? She was like, oh, it's great. I'm so happy. I said, oh my God, you guys looked so fun in those Instagram stories that you did. Boom. And done. Yeah. We had a conversation. Like people want you to acknowledge them. They want, everyone just wants to be seen and heard. Yeah. And the fact that someone could go into a room full of people and they're going to remember the person who wanted to talk about their thing or who congratulated them on their recent yes. thing. Um, yes. I think that's, yeah, you're obviously really good at that. And I think that's why you go into a room and you make friends because you focus on them instead of focusing on, on, you know, you have the mindset of how, how can I build a relationship with this person instead of what can this person do for me? What can this room do for me and my yes. business? I, yeah. I never think about that. Really. Yeah. I don't conscious. I don't, it's not the first thought in my mind. And I will say, I mean, thank you for saying that I'm good at this. I am good at this, but this is not a skill I was born with. Sure. Yeah. This is something that anyone can learn to do. It's like it's like any other muscle. The more you exercise it, the better it gets. I will say, though, speaking to the social anxiety and all that, which I totally understand, because although I'm an extrovert, trust me, there are complete days and nights and times when I'm like, oh, man, I'd rather just be in bed, mm -hmm. you know, because it is exhausting. But I will say there's not just one kind of networking. So we talked about the big networking yes. event, the association event. Sometimes you're going to um, like in a few weeks in L.A., we have a big award event, mm -hmm. California Wedding Day Awards. Well, I'm not nominated for an award. I'm still going to go. I'm going to go to support my friends who are nominated. Mm -hmm. It's it's important to show up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, sometimes that means the big events, but sometimes it just means going for coffee with one person. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you have a social anxiety, if you don't like the big rooms full of people, fine. You don't have to do those all the time. I would still do a few a year to, to, to be the person that shows up. But honestly, I've gotten some amazing relationships and business, actual money because of a coffee date. I booked a wedding last night that was eventually like, you know, the, if I if I go back through the <laughs> through the trail, it, the photographer referred me and she's someone who moved to L.A. from New York. I found her on Facebook. I don't remember how we first connected, but she said, do you want to get a cup of coffee? And I said, sure. So we sat in a coffee for like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. We hit it off. We're good friends. Mm -hmm. She referred me to this couple. They booked me. I've made several thousand dollars now from a coffee date with this photographer. Yeah, that's great. That's just the truth. And so if you don't want the big events, great. Schedule coffee dates. And honestly, between you and me, that same day that I had coffee, between you and me and the interwebs, <laughs> uh, the same day I had coffee with this particular photographer, I literally planted myself at a local coffee shop. I said, I'm going to be at Aroma. You know, I'll be there at noon. And then I scheduled something else at 2 and scheduled something else at 2.30. And you know what I mean? Like, I just put myself there for coffee dates that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. And some of them bled over, like the photographer ended up having having coffee with the social media person that I was meeting with. And we all had a, yeah. a three way conversation. It was great. Everyone gets more benefit yeah. out of that. You know, it doesn't always have to be these big things. I will also tell you, networking also looks like Instagram comments and blog comments. Yes, I was going to say that if you didn't, because networking, there's so many different ways to network. It's not yep. just 
going to the big events and being in a room full of a hundred people and not being sure who to talk to. There is a, a, a beauty concierge service in Southern California. The uh, head of that service started commenting on my Instagram feed on my, on my Mm -hmm. Instagram posts. Right. And she would always say such nice things and it was always seemed very authentic. It was always, it was clearly not a robot. She was always saying things that directly related to the photo or the caption. A few, a few weeks after that, I noticed that sometimes she would slide into my DMS as like with comments to a story. And it was always very Mm -hmm. like, haha, that's funny. Or like, Oh, how cute, blah, blah, blah. I finally met her at an industry event and I hugged her because I thought I was like, we have a relationship. Like we're friends from IG comments and going into a DM. I hired her to do a style shoot with me. Yeah. That's getting published next week from, from her taking the initiative to comment on my Instagram photos. Yeah. Her name became familiar to me and then we have a relationship. Yeah. So that's, those are all forms of networking. And blog comments are even better because blog comments are so rare. Yes, people are definitely going to remember if someone comments. If you leave a comment on their blog, they're going to remember you. Yeah. It's all yeah. about supporting each other, right? It's all about yeah. just having someone be seen and heard and supported by you. And, you know, it has to be authentic. Please only do this with people you actually like. <laughs> yeah, don't try to build a relationship with someone who's ultimately going to make, you know, your life more difficult. Yeah, and ultimately it is a two-way street. So if you're the person who's commenting, 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 showing up, showing up, showing up, and you're not getting that reciprocated or you're not getting a, a warm feeling back from that person, then maybe that's not a relationship you want to pursue. But the networking, you know, it can it can be very small. It can be very intentional. In fact, it should be. It should be all these things. It should be small mm-hmm. and intentional. It should be medium-sized coffee dates. It should be going to the big things every so often. And like we said earlier, once you're at these things, once you're commenting, once you're at coffee, don't talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Be a curious kitten. Yeah. Ask about them. Ask okay. questions. So networking. Yes. Is number one. Yes. Number two is do not talk about yourself, okay. <laughs> which I can't say enough. Uh, three is to be full of gratitude. And here's what I mean about that. Mm. I think gratitude comes in many forms. I think tagging someone on an Instagram post is gratitude. I think sending them a little something, if they were the one who to refer you, is gratitude. I think an email at the minute that client books you, thanking them so much for making that connection and how much it means to you that you were top of mind for them, that's gratitude. Mm-hmm. I think treating people well is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said this this week I booked two new weddings and both of those came to me by the way of the client's photographers. So in both cases they had booked their photographers, the photographer had made a connection to me and then we went through the you know, we went through the process with me and I booked them. Immediately once they booked, I sent an email to the photographer. I said, "Hey, thanks so much um, for thinking of me, blah blah blah. Please send me your address. I'd love to send you a little something." And what I'm going to send them are, are little uh, things called greetables. It's just a little gift. They range from anywhere from like, you know, 10 to $25. It comes in this little cube. It's really cool to open. Uh, it kind of peels open almost like an onion. Eh, it's not like an onion, but it peels open. And the cool thing about the greetables is that you can um, you can customize the photos that make up the wrapping. Oh, cute. So if I'm gifting a photographer, what I do is I go to their Instagram and I, and I steal some of their photos and I put it on the wrapping. 
Oh, cute. So that it's very custom to them. Even if the even if the gift is like a little candle, it's just yeah. a gesture, right? I'm not trying to change their lives with this gift, but it, I want them to know that they're appreciated. And everyone likes getting something in the mail that isn't a bill. Yes, of course. Of course. Also, in ways I show gratitude is I, you know, in just in the way I do my job, I always make sure everyone gets fed. I make sure everyone has enough time to do their jobs accurately. I pride myself on like excellent communication with my vendors and like really figuring out what it is they need from me the day of the wedding and and making sure they get it. And that's difficult because I'm doing that for sometimes like 16 vendors, right? So it's just treating everyone with the same respect that I would hope they would treat me with, but just always, always, always being super, super, super full of gratitude for that relationship and for that referral because they didn't have to make it, right? No, there's many, there's many people in your same industry out there that someone can refer. Right. And I will say that you know, Instagram tagging and sharing, all of that goes a really long way. Um, if I have done a styled shoot with you, I, I will tag you in every photo that I post um, at the beginning of that sharing. And then toward, you know, once that once that image has been shared a few times, I'll tag the people who are relevant to the actual photo. But if you do a styled shoot with me, I will try to get it published, you know, more than once. I will submit it to the non-exclusive blogs. I'm getting a styled shoot published, you know, at the end of this year that we did in 2016 mm. because I want people's work to be seen. And I, and yeah. if you're doing a styled shoot, the only way to show gratitude is by exposure. And so yeah. I want to make sure that everyone is getting a, enough of that, you know, um, so that it feels worthwhile and so that they feel that they feel that they've been, you know, quote unquote, compensated. If it's a wedding that we've done together, you know, on all of my timelines, I include um, at the end of the timeline at the very bottom, all the vendor credits. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, ev- anyone who touches the wedding gets a vendor credit, the dress shop, you know, the the shoes, the accessories, all of it, because I want moving forward once that wedding day is over, I want everyone to know who they worked with, uh, how they can get in touch with them. So it always has like their na- business name and Instagram handle. And then if you have a photo to share, this is how to share it. This is the appropriate way to share it. And I send that in an email after the wedding as well. I send a thank you email on the morning, at the Monday after every wedding that says, thank you so much for sharing your, you know, yourself and your art with us. Like if you have any photos to share, here's the entire list. And I always remind people like, please tag each other as a fresh- professional courtesy. Yeah. So that hopefully I'm leading by example, but also people remember those who treat them well. And if you're someone who doesn't tag, like there are some venues in town specifically who will put up a beautiful photo of a wedding and tag no vendors. I don't want to work at that venue. Yeah. I won't refer that venue to my clients. They clearly don't care about their creative team. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's a little weird on the Instagram and, you know, all social media where someone can share a photo and they're not obligated to tag anybody that was associated with it. But like you said, it's going, it's the things that go the extra step, the extra mile that make you remembered. Yep. Yeah. So I love that gratitude. And you know, it's being a human being in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Just being a nice person. Yeah. Be a, be a solid person, be someone that people can refer and feel good about it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting referrals from your vendors, you have to sit with yourself and ask why, why? Am I not a nice person to deal with on the wedding day? Am I not an organized person to deal with on the wedding day? Or is it beforehand? Am I not communicative beforehand? Do I not express gratitude to them beforehand? Um, am I not someone who's easy to get a hold of? Am I not someone who's pleasant to talk with? You know, yeah, yeah. am I coming across with maybe an attitude that I'm better than them? I see that sometimes with wedding planners, like 
there's this like maybe like a god complex going on in a way where like yeah. we're running the show and it's like we are running the show but at the end of the day you know it's teamwork we're all that yeah it's teamwork it has to be teamwork and so i think all these things are what or what encourage people to refer me. Also, I refer to other to those same people then, you know? Yeah. Um, I preferred list of vendors. I share it with my clients who are my management clients. Um, my full planning clients get custom recommendations. So I, I really strive to get to know them and make very, very specific intentional, um, you know, pairs. I, I like, that's kind of the matchmaking part of my job that I really like, mm -hmm. but to get on my preferred list, you know, you kind of have to, you have to be a solid human, yeah. a solidly nice person who also cares about not just themselves in the wedding day, but the, overall everyone in the wedding day. Yeah, I agree. And I've worked with some brilliant artists, especially photographers who I don't really like their attitude. And so they will never be on my list, even if their work is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you have to have the whole package. Yeah. And some days it's not easy. And I know that. And there's, and there are some days where you're just having an off bad day, but still you have to show up as the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's hard. This industry is really hard. And also I will say, now that I mentioned that, you know, it, there's always power in apologizing. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, if you feel, if you realize that you messed up, did something wrong, treated someone uh, poorly, yeah, be the bigger person and and start a conversation and say you're sorry. Yeah. yeah. And it does it can be that day, it can be weeks later, it yeah. can sometimes be months later. I've seen damage control done years later. I've witnessed it between, you know, different a planner and a vendor and they were at we were all at a, at a we were all at a conference and I said, "Do you guys know each other?" and they were like, "Oh, yeah." Mm. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to let you guys work that out." And they did. Oh, I don't know if they're working together again, but at least the air was clear and like yeah. I did it, you know, a few weeks ago at the museum wedding. I had this wedding at a, a public museum and I was very frustrated because there's plenty of time during the setup where there's public everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I knew that was going to happen, but it didn't stop me from getting frustrated and I was really short with one of the girls who works at the museum. And I didn't mean to be, but in the moment when she was asking me what I what seemed to me to be a very silly question that was not pertaining to the, the problem at hand, I snapped at her. Mm. And then we, and I'm not a snapper really, but in that moment, it just, I couldn't help, I just couldn't help it. Like it came out and I was like, ugh. Yeah. But then I had, it was too, I had to go do other things and I was running around. Well, later in the night I went up to her and I said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry if I was short with you earlier, but this particular, that particular situation wasn't helped by the question that you asked. And I, in that moment, I just, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with you graciously. And I apologize. And she was like, oh no, it's fine. Like you're, you know, of course, all the things people say, which she was like, you were lovely. I was like, no, I wasn't, but, <laughs> but thank you. And I know I wasn't and that's fine. I own it. But, uh, but I think in that moment it was helped just to be like, Hey, you're a human person and I'm a human person and we all have our shortcomings and I'm sorry. I shouldn't. And what I said was, I'm, sh I'm sorry. I shouldn't have treated you that way. Yeah. She said, so make it about fine. her, not about you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even remember what she asked me now. It's, it was, you know, it's silly, yeah. but in the moment it seemed very upsetting to me. Very horrible. Yeah. Um, so it happens to the best of us. Absolutely. But I, I will say that like, just in general, getting those referrals is a two-way street and it's a two-way street of, of both referrals and also like good feelings, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you just have to keep kind of the good vibes going. And I know, again, that sounds so like woo woo, but I think that's really what it comes down to. Just be a good, friendly person that shows up and then continue that throughout your work. Like be someone that people want to work with. Yeah, totally. So let me ask you, because you mentioned Instagram 
and networking on Instagram and how important that is. And as a social media strategist, I have a lot of uh, wedding pros who come up to me and they ask me, how can I reach more brides and grooms, mostly brides, via Instagram? And a lot of the times I want to try to explain to them that they should maybe not be necessarily targeting brides and grooms, but targeting their fellow vendors, because that's where they get a lot of referrals from. So as someone who does get a lot of referrals from uh, fellow vendors, does that change the way you use your Instagram? No, (laughs) I I think I 100% agree with you. I think it's really hard to target brides and grooms on Instagram as a wedding, Um, as a wedding professional. Yeah, because they're everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like they're suddenly just looking at hashtags that say wedding. Like that's that's not how it goes. It's not how it is. It's elusive. So my Instagram for me, my philosophy is that it is a it is a living portfolio of my work. Mm-hmm. And so I put it out there for everyone's enjoyment, right? I put it out there for my fellow vendors to get inspiration or to get and to get ideas. I put it out there for brides and grooms who want to work with me to see what I'm up to. But I don't necessarily, I am never selling to uh, only couples who are engaged because mm-hmm. that would do a disservice. Because again, like, where are they? How do we find them? How do we retain them? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I can create an Instagram feed that is visually appealing, funny in the comments, feels like me. And then people who go there will say like, oh, this is someone I want to work with, whether it's a vendor or or a couple. Sure. I I th- I know on my Instagram feed that uh, I have I have 26. The highest percentage of my followers are other wedding professionals. And that's 26 percent of my followers are wedding professionals. So it would be a total disservice to me to not address them. Yeah. How do you find that out? So there's this website, I think I'm saying it correctly in that I, I call it for, it's F-O-H-R dot C-O. Okay. And if you sign up with them, it's free. Um, it's it's basically like an algorithm checker for influencers. Maybe that's not what it is, but that's what I think it is. And um, they'll pull in all your social media accounts and then they'll give you... Uh, they'll give you all this data, which is fascinating. It'll tell you, like for me, I know that um, 72% of my followers don't have children, mm-hmm. okay. which is interesting to me because I also do not have children. Um, it'll give you the, pers- like all most of my followers are in California, New York, Texas, and I think, I think Georgia. Uh-huh. So that was also interesting to me. It gives you a lot of deep knowledge of your Instagram followers and also your Facebook or whatever accounts you connect. But for me, it was interesting because for so long, I kept thinking, oh, I have to market only to brides and grooms or, oh, I don't really want to talk business to business on my Instagram. But you know what? It's all relevant. Yeah. It's all relevant. You have to target everybody. And especially if you look at your statistics on a website like four.co, it'll tell you who is following you. Like, what are they working on? Like when I looked at my statistics on this website, um, as a blogger, I, most of the people who follow me are not most, but the highest percentage, I think it's like 30% identify as writers. So bloggers. And that makes total sense. And it makes total sense. So I'm, I need to talk to my fellow bloggers um, and not just maybe people who I want to read my blog. <laughs> right. um, I have to keep those fellow bloggers happy in the same way that it seems like most of your, or not, again, the highest percentage is, is um, fellow wedding planners or fellow wedding industry. Yeah. And I think we, we do ourselves a disservice when we think like, oh, fellow wedding industry people don't care about my tablescape. Well, it's like, well, of course we do. That's our, 
it's our industry. It's like saying other bloggers won't care to read your blog. Well, um, no, of course that's they will. That's what we do, yes. That is what we do. And so I tend to think like my Instagram is an always evolving representation of what I do. And so whether that's being consumed by other wedding pros or other potential couples, I kind of, I don't want to say that's not my, not my concern. <laughs> my concern is putting out quality content. Yeah. Um, and I, so I guess that is what I think. And, you know, I think the couples that are coming to us via Instagram, because I have had a few over the years be like, oh, I found you on Instagram. It's like, that might be how they found us, but that that's only the first level of what's going to be a deep dive before they contact you. Sure. Yeah, totally. So I, I yeah. really like that you use your Instagram in a way that you're appealing to not only your couples, but to your fellow wedding vendors as well. Well, and I also use my, I use my platform to elevate other wedding vendors too, hopefully. Like I, I always want to showcase, you know, all of my vendors and I'm always shouting out and saying like, Hey, these guys are great. Or like this rental company went above and beyond. Like people I mean, everyone, like I said, everyone wants to feel seen. Everyone wants to be valued. Yeah. And even in those small ways, seemingly small ways, you can create real deep connections and referrals. Yeah. I'm sure that any, anytime you tag someone, I'm sure they really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and it goes both ways, right? Because yeah. I wake up in the morning to my Instagram and sometimes it's like I've been tagged in 10 photos from 10 different vendors and it's great. Yeah. It feels good. So I also get the benefit of that too. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. You know, I think we've come a long way from the days where everyone held their cards really close to their chest and and didn't really want to let anyone else in on their business. I think we're so far beyond that now as an industry, I hope. Well, I know. I know in LA we are. I hope that it's the case nationwide. Um, You know, I say this all the time. I'm really good friends with a lot of wedding planners. When I'm busy, I refer them. I refer inquiries out to them. There's literally no harm in it at all. Uh, It only makes us all stronger. And I think if you are someone who is looking at your referral sources and you're thinking, man, I really wish I was getting more vendor referrals. The key there is to make stronger vendor relationships happen yes. in whatever way it feels authentic to you. Yeah. I think that it's definitely, when you told me that it was really eye opening, and I think that it's definitely something that other wedding professionals can learn from that. It's not just targeting the, the clients, the brides and grooms. It's um, making those long lasting relationships with your vendor friends. Absolutely. And keeping them going, you know, and I realize, like, as I'm looking at this list of things I just told you to do that, it probably sounds daunting. But I would say, like, you know, you're not trying to make a 100 deep relationships, right? Right. You're trying to make a handful. Yeah. Um, back when I was acting in my days as an actor, um, I used to say that I got all my I got all my work from like three casting directors who loved me. Mm hmm. And it's the same thing with wedding. It's the same thing with weddings. Like you have to have your group of fans, right? People who really love you, people who really support you, people who shout out about how great you are from the rooftops. And then the rest, you know, you can, you can leave, you can leave to the side. You don't need everybody to be on your team. Right. Just focus on growing those really, really great, important relationships with the people who um, seem to really get you that you really mesh with. Yeah. And I will say, like, if you're a planner and people keep reaching out to you on an email to like have coffee, have this, and you're just someone who never answers those emails, I would reconsider that strongly. Even if you have to have a Skype coffee, yeah. right? If you're a busy mom and you don't have time, Skype, yeah. Skype for 20 minutes and with your coffee mug and make a little joke out yeah. of it. And then no one has to leave their house. <laughs> but I know as a wedding planner, I mean, I get, I don't even know, I get a ton of emails every week that are just like, People wanting to meet me, people wanting to bring me coffee, let's go here, let's go there. 
sometimes if I'm busy, my answer is, hey, I can't meet you personally, but I'll be at this industry event on such and such date. Why don't you come and we can talk there? Oh, yeah. That works works really well. But sometimes if I have a moment, it's like, yeah, let's go get coffee. What's the harm, right? Yeah. You never know what could come of those coffee dates. Like I said, I, you know, several thousand dollars have, have been booked from one coffee date with one photographer. Yeah. You just never know. I love it. You never know. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for all that amazing advice on referrals. Oh, you're welcome. It's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. And everyone can go to rockyourweddingbiz.com to take a look at the show notes. We'll include some of the links that we talked about, websites that we talked about, and uh, bullet points from this episode. And I guess that's it for now. That's it. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.